So this morning, um, you know, we, we've had a tough week in the little town of Aztec. Um, if y'all haven't heard, I think in the national news and everything had touched on it, but we, we had a, a, uh, active shooter incident at Aztec High School, um, December 8th or the 7th. Yeah. But it, I mean, just super unfortunate. We're sorry to all the families and, um, everyone who's been affected by it. I know Townsend's brothers and sisters and mom were all at the school when it all happened and, uh, just be in their thoughts and prayers for them. There's a lot of students struggling with some PTSD and things like that. And just, uh, through it all though, I've just been so thankful that our communities came together and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything really has been the the amount of support I think everyone's gotten has been really unreal, you know. So much support in this community, and, and you know, we're all Aztec strong as the saying going around, and we really we really do back that up, man, community, and uh, we're all here for each other, man. So just, yeah. just if anyone needs anything, also reach out to us, man. Send us an email or need a talk or whatever, but... I was just talking to my wife last night about how I've always been so proud of being from Aztec. It's such a cool little town. You get, it's just, just, but it's like a new level of pride now. It's so cool to see our little town come together. Um, and the towns around us, I never would have thought uh, to see Farmington and Bloomfield share their support. And uh, it just makes me really proud, man. We've got a lot of good people that live here, a lot of good, uh, good parents, and really just to see how much small businesses, big businesses have donated to these families. Um, just listening to all the news press conferences and stuff saying like, man, all the volunteers, all the firefighters, all the police, like these small towns are just giving food. All these small businesses are just giving food, giving, giving water, bringing in. It's just like, man, it's just cool to see how strong our little town is, man. And, uh, it's pretty cool. It's crazy, but you yeah, know, just, I'm with you guys. I just want to say, pray for the families Pray for the the, fam, the victim's family, too. I don't know. Nobody likes to hear that, but um, yeah. what a terrible place you need to be in your life. And I, I pray for them. Pray for their healing. And uh, it's just a bad deal, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to the Sandstone Cycles podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Anderson. I'm joined by Townsend McKillop and Chris Martinez. Hey, morning. guys. Morning, everybody. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. I'm up. Drinking, I think this is my third or fourth cup of coffee. Dang, Towns. Getting rowdy. That's a good laxative. Yeah, it drives me crazy every time I come in here. Towns don't have no sugar or creamer. <laughs> runs are black, man. Runs old school, but morning's good. I was when I was pulling in here, the sun was coming up, and I was telling you guys earlier, I'm like, man, look at that mountain over there. I wish there was a mountain bike trail going down that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, uh, sure enough, man, we're building one down that bad boy. We're not uh, scared. More we're, than one. Yeah. We're excited to talk. We, 
as it gets rolling more, we're gonna we gotta fill you guys in with it. We have a, a whole trail system that we want to start working with the BLM and stuff, but yeah. we'll save that for another time, guys. So we're gonna jump into this, guys. We we were joking last time that how many times have we bonked or what is bonking the first time we bonked and we just started busting up laughing about some stories so we figured we'd share with you guys a few of our bonk stories i mean we can all think of at least one what is bonking is my question you know I'm chris still lost on well that. i was got to thinking i think true. well i feel how this podcast came about is we were uh kind of trying to figure out uh why we don't do it as often anymore because when I, like, I was trying to tell Towns the other day, like, dude, it must be a being new to the sport thing. But at the same time, I'm not real sure because it's different for us in the sport of Enduro. We don't, I don't know, I don't train, like, 30, 30 40-mile rides, which maybe I should be. But I'm just saying, like, it's been a really long time since I've cramped. And I think we'll, it was, like, the last ride is what made me think about it. And is it cramping though, or is it mental and also it could be physically, or what is it, you know? I'm grateful it don't happen as much, in, or pff, I haven't cramped in forever, but I sure do got some stories to tell where being new to mountain biking, it really, really sucks to cramp, and you have to walk your bike, and your legs are just nothing, it's just, but you're right, what is it? A bonk could be physically, it could be mentally could be uh, what they call seeing little green man or purple man yeah. because that happens when the brain is running low on glycogen storage as they start hallucinating. Uh, it happens a lot to marathon runners, to uh, half marathon runners and people running. Um, so mountain biking, I don't know. Uh, yeah, dude, that's my thing on bonking. I think a lot of people, it's mental. It's more mental than it is physically. And um, whenever you feel like you're cramping, put your put that aside you know, think think that you are not cramping, that you still have so much more gas in you. I know that when I'm on the trail and I know that I have a long ride ahead of me, I kind of, I'm, I'm already ment- mentally like, okay, I got 30 miles to ride here and right now it's like either I don't make it before it's dark and I'm walking in the dark or I have to make it in this 30 miles and there's no way I'm getting out of this canyon without me making this 30 miles so automatically i put aside all the physical aspects and i'm like okay here we go like this is it and i don't even think about that stuff you know what i'm saying it's like it just works it like my, my body's like it's mind over body at that point and everything works great you know i love that i think that's probably the best way to look at it yeah yeah i think you're on this and i could be have no, i could have no water and i still know like you know i gotta make this yeah happen. you've told me stories of like you riding in uh big rides where you just like took do you, i mean you took a bottle of water no mm-hmm. snack you read 30 40 miles with no uh no cliff bars or any kind of any kind of yeah food and you no kind of calories to take in, and you just ride the ride. It's yeah, like I mean, I woke up that morning, no, no food, nothing, and um, there was no like surprise or anything. I got, a, I, I mean, I woke up expecting to do a 30, 40 mile ride, and I'm like, just ready to do it off a bottle of water. And I just still think that's nuts that we <laughs> our bodies can handle that kind you of can. stuff. You no know, four thousand feet of elevation gain, and and why is that? I mean, is it because the more, like, you've, you were that was never the case with you in the past. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at, is uh, 
you've worked your way to this point where yeah. you can do that. Like, you couldn't get away with that several years ago. No, and and to an extent, I probably could. But to do it in the time frame that I was, I'm doing it nowadays, it's, it would have been impossible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I couldn't have made a, a ride like that happen in, in five hours. Yeah. And it would have taken me a day. You know. yeah. It makes you look forward to the future because I, I always wonder, like, man, how are these guys so powerful all day long? And like, it, and then you wonder, like, man, that's because they just stacked on these years after years of riding. Like, right. You get more efficient. Yep. On excuse me, active.com, I was looking up uh, a few things about bonking. Um, there's uh, one, one, one of the first instances of athletic term bonk came from a film produced by the British Transport Films in the mid-1950s in which cyclists noted that if they didn't rest and eat, they would bonk. In other words, they would hit a limit, a proverbial wall, governed by the body and uncontrolled by the mind and sheer willpower. It is said that the feeling was similar to getting hit in the head or bonked on the head and knocked out of com- competition. <clears throat> okay, so I think it's important that we separate, because I'm, I'm kind of tying them into one thing because of my experiences, but... I think it's important that we separate bonking, which sounds like it's a mental thing, and, and cramping. Because my, my thing in the past is cramping. Lovely. I've never gone to the point where I'm like hallucinating and like mm-hmm. feeling like I've been bonked on the head. But I have, I, well, that's happened to me running, but yeah. it's never happened to me on a bike. But what's happened to me on a bike is cramping, dude. Here, like, here's, that sucks. Here, here's the actual physical attributes of what causes a bonk. Perhaps a complete bonk can be described as a total glycogen depletion from the muscles and liver, as we're saying. Glycogen storages are gone. You're, you're totally depleted. And then there's the next part of where we're going to say it gets mental. Of You're depleting those things, and you're starting to hallucinate, and you're seeing those things. But I think all our bonks have been where we've just depleted our glycogen storage. Yeah. And we've gotten to that point of you mentally, your mind cannot override your body's power because physically it's not there to perform absolutely that makes perfect sense so i mean that is what it is yeah jumping in jumping into the stories uh i mean towns two years ago we went town towns got i'll jump them into this towns got over a a elbow injury right out of surgery spent all winter off his bike and uh well to be honest with you that was probably the start of my biking honestly yeah. <laughs> the whole biking uh scene okay. right now i mean honestly i that was that was the start you know yeah two two years ago towns gets back on his bike for we're jones in to go ride it's middle of the winter here in the four corners area towns and i get the idea to go to sedona arizona and go ride some trails. We've really heard good things about them. Really, it did turn out to be really good things. Chris happened to be coming back from Supercross with his wife um, from Phoenix, Arizona. First time I ever rode with Townsend McKillop. Yeah, first time Chris <laughs> rode with Townsend. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So uh, Townsend and I, we, we left uh, on a Saturday night. We drove to Sedona. Four-hour drive. We probably left about nine. Seven-hour drive. Seven hour. Oh, yeah. Wow. We, we made it to Flagstaff. We slept in Sportsman's parking lot, which was a terrible idea. Right next to the train tracks. Trains are driving by every 30 minutes, waking us up. And we sleep on an air mattress in 
the middle of February. <laughs> um, I think it was eight degrees out that morning, and uh, Towns and I cuddled some. It was, yeah, we came to drastic <laughs> measures over there. We had to stay warm, and little did we know if we would have drove. 30 more miles to Sedona, it was 60 degrees. I know. We had, we had no idea of the terrain, of the change, how much elevation you drop so fast. But Towns and I get to Sedona, we hit a ride in the morning. We hit a ride in the morning, and then Chris happens to be rolling in uh, from Phoenix, and we meet up with Chris Saturday afternoon, and we go on a ride with him. Oh, Hartel Henry over here. Well, the crazy thing was is Chris Chris wasn't even planning on riding with us. You were just no. planning on riding in Sedona. Yeah, yeah, yourself. me and my wife went to the Phoenix Supercross, and uh, we were coming back, and I was like, okay, we're going to get a motel. We left the Phoenix Supercross, and then that night we ended up driving up and sleeping in Sedona because I told her I've always wanted to ride in Sedona, so we'll wake up in the morning, we'll already be in Sedona, and I'll just start riding. And then you guys were there. I know, it was so I was wild. like, hey, Freaking crazy! Yeah, we, we I didn't know you guys were going there. Yeah. yeah, that was before we even had any idea of a race team. It just <laughs> like we were just some bros running into each other, and uh, yeah. So Towns gets gets there, and uh, I mean, go ahead, Towns. Yeah, I uh, this was definitely the. I just I think me and Tyler that same day it was Sunday. We got to be back Monday for work, all of us, and. Um, I um I think me and Tyler rode a ride that morning. It was probably it was nothing serious, like eleven miles, probably a um, we hit high line, two thousand feet elevation gain, if that, if that. Yeah. Um. But I was, you know, that was already I was pretty much a one ride and done kind of dude at that time of my riding. Eleven miles, that's it. Eleven miles, and that was it, man. I mean, <laughs> You you go ahead and live miles and ready to go home, you know, <laughs> seven hours away from home. Yeah. But uh, I'm still like that some days. We um uh, yeah, we ended up meeting up with Chris. I think Tyler called Chris, told him we were, and he's like, "Wow, that's crazy!" Because I'm a, I'm on my way to Sedona right now to go ride. We all get together and they're over here, Chris and Tyler, talking about a big ride, and I'm like, "Oh no, I guess I'll go along with it." and all right, I'll see what I can do, and all this stuff. And like Tyler said, I just got a surgery probably three, four months ago. And before this surgery, I've only rode the bike that I was on two times. This, the, the, the day I broke my elbow was the second ride on my Diamondback. And I, uh, before that, I had honestly never really been on a mountain bike. Um, just like a little bit putting around and around down, but nothing crazy. So this is really like my first experience on a mountain bike, and um, man, it was hard. I was probably, we were two miles into it, and my back was really sore, I, uh, my butt was sore, my elbow hurt, um, I was in like a robotic arm brace, you know, just like all the, it's like, well, like I'm sure everyone out there has seen me like, what's that guy doing? What the hell is this guy doing out here, like. And yeah. then to add in is is that morning Towns and I were playing tourists. We got to we dropped down from Flagstaff. We we get to Sedona, and we're like, crap, man, we got to figure out these trails. So we just kind of start riding. We're riding up this trail called, I think it's Slim Shady or something. No, we parked on the top of the base of Highline, and we're climbing up, and we run into this group of guys, and there's this one guy I don't remember his name, but he is real real XC, and uh, we run into him in the morning. 
He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get 70 miles today and this and that. He's like, we're going up high line. We're like, that's the trail we're trying to get to. So he's like, yeah, follow us. So we follow him up and we go do high line with him and he's strutting his stuff and showing it off. And it's cool to ride with him. But we split off with him because he's just trying to carry a crazy pace and we couldn't keep up. We weren't in the shape for it. So that, that messed you us up. You guys were. I, I well, <laughs> well that's whenever you and I rode. Yeah. And then... And then that afternoon, we meet up with Chris, and by God, we we run into that same guy four hours later. He's been riding his bike all day. He's like, "Yeah, I need to get twenty more miles. You, you guys want to? <laughs> you guys want to follow with me?" So Chris is like, automatically, the first thing I thought was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, Chris. Chris I know how this guy's riding, and now he's really gonna want to show off because now yeah. there's more people here. Like, oh well. Yeah, Towns isn't excited. Chris is excited to. To follow this guy, and Chris was more in the mindset of XC at that time. He yeah, did, he, did, he didn't want a full suspension bike. He he was uh, more into the XC and really didn't see the point in wanting to ride full suspension whenever a slacked out hardtail could do just everything. Yeah, I was just ready to try to ride. And the place to prove it was Sedona that full suspension are nice. So we take off climbing up Slim Shady out of uh, was it Oak? Oak Village, Oak Creek Village. Yeah, Oak Creek, yeah. Oak Creek Village and climb up Slim Shady real fast and uh, we get to the top and uh, I was just going to say that it was probably, it didn't help that we ran into this XC rider again. I know. Towns can jump. I know, and all of us, we all have a very competitive edge, so we're all trying to keep up with this guy all day. But uh, anyways, we get probably three or four miles into it after and I'm like... (laughs) I'm done. I'm done with this time. I'm, a, I'm shot. I'm cramped up. My legs are done. My back. My my butt. Just every bit of every bit of riding was just like super hard for me. And I was thinking that whole time, like I'm not riding again. I'm gonna go home, put this up, and just gonna figure remember, out something else. You, you remember know? how your body was feeling, like exactly? What? Yeah. I, mean, I remember what, my back did it just start really breaking hurt. down, like your legs. Yeah, and just like everything was like, and I was thinking at the time, I was like, I'm four miles out, three or four miles out, and I got to go back to the car. So if I keep going, I'm just getting myself farther away from the car, and and uh, I was I was pissed off, man. I was really upset, and I was thinking, you know, I gotta get, I gotta turn around now before I get myself anywhere deeper into this. <laughs> and at, at that point. Chris and I are following... You guys are probably a mile or so ahead of yeah, me. We're following that guy, and, and uh, Chris and I started to catch wind of, dang, where, where's Towns at? Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Dude, that dude's disappearing, and... Uh, you guys are calling me and stuff. We start I, we start calling Towns. I didn't answer anything. He wouldn't answer the phone. He is so... I was so upset. I was, all I was thinking was, I'm never going to ride again. I'm selling this bike. This is the dumbest thing I could have ever done. Mountain biking, stupid. <laughs> and I want everyone to know, like, it, it's like it's like anything. You start in these sports, and you can't you can't expect yourself to just go out there and start these big rides or anything like crazy. Like you gotta you gotta build yourself up, and really, it's a it's a stepping stone. You know, you gotta one step at a time. You can't. And for me, I'm always like battling myself, like, oh. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the best at it. And you yeah. just got to really step back and look at it. the Absolutely. big picture. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that like, that, that's really taught us a lot because I know now as a group, as we are now, like we've gotten to the point where we're riding a little, like we're more comfortable on our bikes. Our skills are kind of getting a little bit better. So I think we're at the point now, all three of us to where we're really looking at not 
being fanatics anymore, but we're really just focusing on like one or two things that we need to focus on to just turn the dial one mm-hmm. notch. Just up and a then little we'll, bit, yeah. And then we'll just turn that not, that dial one notch yep. year after year after year. And it, and it's really just the one or two things you have to do different, whether that's physically or mentally, your diet, whatever. Yep. It can and be. see, if you don't do that, you're gonna. You will, you will, like, you're honestly going to burn yourself out. Mm-hmm. Fanaticism. Yeah. Quickest route to disaster. To disaster, failure, failure and disaster. You're going to burn. Yeah. I've been there. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Both, yeah. all of us have, I that, think. That's where the, the enduro racers and downhill racers who've been doing this for many years have it dialed in. Because yeah. they, they did that. They took their time. And that's what we're hoping to be. We're not hoping to be... Except for Townsend, Townsend's even no. No, even oh, Townsend has several years. Yeah, yeah before but we're 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 not looking to be next year on the podium or, or the year after. It's yeah. we've always from the beginning said five, three, five years down the road where we might be. Decent. Where are we going to start? We're going to get top ten, top five finishes. You know these kinds of things and baby steps with enduro racing and yeah. bonking has taught us those things. And uh, yeah, it's big, big stuff. Yeah, that's basically it from Sedona. Though I remember riding back to the truck and uh, yeah, Towns hiked up to the asphalt. He got off. He he just he quit riding the mountain bike trail, and he just trailblazed up to the the asphalt highway and just he I got I finally got a hold of him. Chris and I realized he probably rolled out. And we just started riding down the asphalt. He called, man, I'm I'm back at the hotel. I'm just laying in the grass. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm done. And, I think he didn't even say bye. He just hung up. I was like, dang, dude, we better get back. So, I know. I look back at it now. I'm like, man, what an asshole. No, no way, no. dude. You got to do it. right. Because if you would have kept following, maybe you, maybe you would have started seeing those those little figures. and, and uh, Yeah, I, I honestly can't weird. explain to the, the, the feeling I was at. I mean, it was just meant or physically just broke down to every little bit of, you know. I was like on my last straw. And uh, it's just crazy on what your body can handle. And it probably could have been a little more. I just yeah. wasn't there mentally. Yeah, yeah. That was it, though. I mean, I'm sure Tyler can uh, touch into one of his yeah you know, good times. Um, the one of my first mountain bike rides, I was on a Kona King Kikapoo, and I was I was being a fanatic about mountain biking. Uh, I was young. I think I was 17, and I was just getting into it, the sport. I left on a day ride from my parents house to go ride alien trail good ride like it was it was my parents house was like five miles and then alien was maybe another eight mile loop and then i was gonna ride back home it probably would have been a and what that'd be like a 13 mile ride Mm -hmm. 18 mile ride or something I finished the first loop on Alien. I was feeling good. And then I run into to my biology teacher from high school, or was my biology teacher at high school at the time. And I always knew he was super into mountain biking. It was really cool to actually get a ride with him because I always told him how I was into bikes and stuff. He's all, let's go do a loop, Tyler. I was like, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's rip it. <laughs> and at that time, I didn't know anything about training glycogen storage i didn't whether they're glycogens i didn't even know that at that time and uh, <laughs> so i hop on and uh i figured you know my my biology teacher he was in his 60s so i figured it was gonna be no problem to to ride with him but we get taken off and he's pushing me and i i was just at a high intensity my my pulse was probably pretty pretty close to maxed out the whole time and uh we finished the ride and and I, I uh, started getting lightheaded towards the end of the ride. Actually, I started getting lightheaded, 
and uh, I really couldn't comprehend much. Mr. Hicks, or yeah, that was my science teacher. <laughs> he and his wife, Miss Hicks, the geometry teacher, they're super cool people, but he recognized that my I was I was completely I, I was bonked out if you could say it. And then I still had a ride back to my house another five miles. Same story, you know, you gotta you yeah. gotta think about like, oh my god, I'm so far out now and now I have to ride Gosh. back in this yeah. shape and I'm gonna and, be worse by the time I get there. And mentally in my head, I'm sitting there. Okay, I got five miles back to the house. Mr. Hicks, he gave me a little hammer gel packet to try and get me some sugar in my body, but it didn't do anything. It my body, my body just burned it up so fast. I think personally, Mr. Hicks had a <clears throat> a cell phone. I called my parents. I'm like, I know, I know, you guys are busy. You guys come get me. <laughs> I'll start riding back towards the house so you guys don't have to go go as far. And whenever you leave the Alien Trail parking lot, you you have a downhill. And I just remember going down that hill. It was almost hard to even go down that hill. I wanted to fall over. It felt like I was having to pedal up a hill to go just to coast down the hill. I got to the bottom. Um, there's a little wash you cross. I crossed that. And I got to the main road, 2770. And at that point, it was the, it was a moment of desperation. <laughs> a moment of, I was questioning if I was going to live. Mr. Hicks and everyone left already. And I'm walking down the road and I fell over a couple times because I couldn't even ride my bike anymore. And I'm walking down the road and I'm just like... You're just thinking about food and water. water. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it worse. Yeah, yeah my, my parents, I was just... I was thankful whenever I saw him coming, and I just sat down there, and thankfully they had an apple or something, and uh, that that was that was that was my bonk. There's other times I. It's bonked. crazy you think if you're like, yeah. you're wondering. I wonder if I'm gonna live through this. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was, and and I mean last year or last January, Towns and I had a, a, another one like that where we just hit that wall, and I I can remember three times where I've I've bonked. And that was, that, was that, that first big ride that I did with Mr. Hicks, the first time I did a, an, an alien race, and then this last January, Towns and I, we didn't do any riding throughout the winter, and we went to Moab, and we, we hit hard, and, and we were fighting against the cold. I think when we finished our ride, it was 17 degrees. We were cramping out. No, I Tyler, think, Tyler, you were the only thing that kept me going. I, I think you guys uh, that kept me going, Towns. I dude. think you guys... You guys kind of set yourself up for this one, though. It's not yeah. that you guys... Yeah. No. Like, I mean, the, you know... Like, how many miles do you think that was? Yeah. Was it like 34 miles? And, no, uh, it was 24 miles. Anyone that knows it, it's the Gold Bar Rim Trail in Moab. You ride, actually... And we didn't shuttle it. See, we rode... I think you drive, like, maybe five miles out of town. Maybe more than that. Yeah. And um, you drive five miles out of town, park on the right-hand side of the road, cross the road... And then you go up on this this actual like um, this cliffside, and you climb all the way up that, and you ride along that hole all the way into town, and um, you go a little bit farther out west, and uh, you actually come back down into Moab, and you ride back to the car. At that time, we were barely making it back to the road off the trail. How do you get across the river? Is there a bridge or something? You're actually on that side. You stay on that side the whole time. Yeah. Oh wow. It's on the north side of the Colorado River. Huh. So, anyways, you—I mean, you got 
by that time it was like almost dark. It was freezing outside. Yeah. When when we were riding the trail, it, it was a Sunday. We didn't decide we were going to ride, go to Moab until nine o'clock that morning. We get to Moab about noon, twelve o'clock. The sun was setting at, at five o'clock for five o'clock, I think, and. Uh, we were expecting to be finished long before the sun went down, but just it didn't go as planned. And whenever the sun went down, it went from 60 degrees to 18 degrees like that. And uh, Towns and I, I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't eat very healthy beforehand. I think we got some gas station food on the way. We didn't prepare hydration-wise. I had a tiger bar. A tiger bar. That's insane. Yeah, that's all we had was <laughs> a tiger bar. But... Yeah, blocking's real. It, it's not a myth. It's a myth, and uh, I mean, I don't know, Chris. You got you got any stories of bonking or? I do. I got I got plenty. I got, most of them happened in my early years of mountain biking. Well, I mean, I've only been mountain biking for two years, but in the the early start of my, my mountain biking experiences, I had a a couple of stories like that. Never to the point where I was like really really bad, um, but the one that really comes to mind is uh, my first ever enduro race which i signed up for the 2016 scott enduro cup in moab utah and really wasn't prepared at all for those kind of, those type of climbs it was uh just i think all the super rookie mistakes that people make when they first start racing enduro i had a backpack full of everything in the world might as well have had a damn tent in the thing. It's like I was on a packing trip. First aid kit. Yeah, dude. It was a terrible... Like you're going to patch yourself up out there. They said enduro, right? They said enduro. I was ready to go for... I don't know. I was going to ride 100 miles, I guess. But it's funny looking back now, yeah, because now we don't... uh, I don't even use a pack now. I just... You know? But anyway, before I get off track. And I was... uh, I don't even know how much climbing the lab is. It was four stages, maybe over a little over 2,000 feet of climbing, about 25 miles of riding. And yeah, just I remember doing the first stage and then the second stage, and I think going up to the third stage, I kind of started cramping. Um, no training, just I mean, I probably trained, but I was training really, really terribly, not for the way I was supposed to be. And uh, I'm probably not training the way I'm supposed to be right now, but I'm well, we're wearing right. out them wrinkles going yeah, down the road, but that's all right. Um, I really wouldn't really know what I was doing then, and I was. Kind of new to this enduro, first enduro race, and uh, where was the enduro race? Where was it? It was on the Klondike Bluffs. Klondike Still. Bluffs, north, yeah. north end of Moab, right? Uh, even those same stages that we raced this last year, exact same stages. It's a fun trail system. It is, but do you know that real long climb you got to do? You got to climb it twice. Mm-hmm. The last time I was climbing that to stage four, I walked my bike up. I think almost the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't pedal, dude. I would go to pedal, and my quads, like the inside of my quads, like. Like, the inside of my thighs, like, the inside of my knees, those muscles were just cramping, dude. And so I'd get off and walk, and it would go away for a while, and then I'd get back on my bike, and they'd just start cramping again. And you remember it hurt that so bad. It hurt so bad. do that in Moab. And, it, and it, it's just a weird pain, dude, to cramp like that. It just, your muscles are just, like, something's pinching them, and it's just terrible. I bet mentally that's really rough, too, because you're climbing the stage. You're climbing to a race. You know what I mean? You and then when I was down. racing down, I couldn't even like stand up on my bike. <laughs> I had to like sit down that whole stage because, you know, when you're standing on your bike descending, you're like in a squatted position. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, all my muscles are just blow up. Blow up so yeah. I mean, you're putting just as much energy going down as you are up. 
and it was a learning experience, dude. And I think just I don't know how I got, I can't tell you exactly how I got to then to where I am now. I still got a long ways to go. We all do, but I know now. Like I don't think about that stuff, and that never happens to me. And I, and it's a lot. It's a lot. We ride more. We train more. I know I train a lot. I think I work out almost every single day. Mm-hmm. And and nutrition wise too, you know. I think we're putting the right things in now. I feel like I am. I I'm learning more about hydration stuff, carbohydrate stuff, and I'm learning more about um, like mm-hmm. nutrients, micronutrients, and like or my, like all that stuff is just. Yeah, you have to have it, you know. the The biggest thing yeah. is keeping your glycogen storages full for preventing bonking, and because uh, that's ultimately where it begins. Is once mm-hmm. you deplete your glycogen storage, and and there's we we want to have a special guest. He's really on the nutrition sometime, but depleting yeah. your glycogen storage is going to really put you into that bonk, and that's where mm-hmm. the mental games, the cramping, that's where it all begins. So. If you could just learn how to keep your glycogen storage full and replenishing yeah. and nutrition, you're gonna you're gonna be okay with it all. And I think what's really helped me in the past year or so is most of my workouts I do now I do like fasted, like on an empty stomach, or if I get up in the mornings and I go run or go to the gym or something, I'm always on an empty stomach. So my glycogen storage is mainly through my training and working out on a daily basis are usually pretty depleted. Mm-hmm. So my, I think my body's getting used to not having that mm-hmm. glycogen or it, you're always going to have some glycogen around your muscles that you just, yeah. you always are unless you're like super in the ketogenic thing, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But, um, I think that really helps me, man is to kind of work out fasted and, and then race with it full and then race with it full. And then you just feel super powerful, especially um, the supplements we're using, um, they help out a lot, dude. Yeah. I love, uh, anything from, uh, I didn't mean to put a plug in, but anything from Rhino Power, it really helps me get through my days. Yeah. Like, all their stuff is really good. It's made for that. I love. Yeah. What, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing that you've been using from them? Oh, hands down hydration fuel. The it's hydration. a, it's a mixture of, uh, electrolytes, carbohydrates, and a little bit of, there's some amino acids in it. And also some, uh, I don't know what can, uh, man, I don't know specifically, but anyway, there's amino amino acids, there's some carbohydrates in it, and some electrolytes. And they recommend two scoops in your water bottle, but I just put one scoop in, and that helps me. And I tell you what, man, I, I sometimes I just drink a, I drink a, I drink a bottle, a whole water bottle of that, like with just one scoop in it maybe an hour before I go ride or something and then I'll have a water bottle on my bike with one scoop in it and I feel so good I feel strong the whole time I'm not I'm not saying this is going to be magic this stuff's not magic you have to put in some work you know but it certainly helps me keeps me full keeps that empty stomach feeling away keeps uh keeps me my energy levels up and uh, yeah yeah I don't know you guys use them have you guys been using this stuff Towns, you, Towns, you I know, really likes the motivation. Yeah, I'm a big believer in motivation pills by Rhino Power, and I, um, I actually use them on my day to day basis at work because <clears throat> my job requires a lot of mental power, and that's the big benefit of these pills is they are not like a, uh, not they're not so much physically like if you take these pills you're not going to be jittery you're not going to be like it don't increase your heart rate yeah it don't increase your heart rate it doesn't keep like you know 
you don't feel out of control like when you do take like a when you drink a monster yeah. energy drink or something. It's more of a focus, right? And, it, and what it helps me do, and honestly, these pills, it's weird because I don't really, I'm not a big talker, and I don't like really making like small talk conversation with just people I, I have known in the past or whatever. But I can really, I can dip into some crazy stuff when I'm on these things, and it's a. Uh, it's, I, I just become a loudmouth, and I, it's. I, I'm a true believer in them. They yeah. make me perform better at work, perform better on my bike, and perform better on all around just everything. They, they really are great. Yeah, that's my favorite thing from them. I take their protein powder. I um I've experienced the hydration. Haven't had um, the opportunity of really getting um, training with it or you know being on it consistently. But I can say that it works. Yeah. I, um, I'm a big believer in their their um, recovery, which is their amino acids. They are they actually say on the bottle, which is crazy. They say take these da 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 every so hours until you're not sore, which is insane. You to have something work that rapidly yeah. is something. It's just it's really mind blowing. I do take their recovery also. That's actually probably another one of my favorite uh, things from them is the recovery. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. It, it puts all the right. It's, yeah. It really is just a ton of amino acids. And exactly. Stuff in there. I mean, if you're working, if you're doing an enduro race, you got two days of racing most of the time. And um, you got to pedal to every stage. Most stages you got to pedal to. So you really do need to have that second day just be as dialed as you were on the first day. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's, uh, like, right now with off-season training, that's the most important things. Like, people, like, drink a lot, like, stay hydrated. I think um, when you're training, like, right now, this time of year, uh, like we are, it's, in my personal opinion, it's hydration, staying hydrated and rest, plenty of rest. That's, I mean, your recovery is every single bit important, more important than what you're doing physically yep. on the workout. And preventing bonking. I mean, if you're not recovering properly, you're not going to be able to do the workout properly the next yeah. day. So, Beyond all the supplements, though, it all comes down to um, your eating. Yeah. You're, you're eating just like, uh, I mean, if you eat clean, if you eat McDonald's every day, I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be the best athlete out there. There's a time and place for stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh... Oh, uh, I wasn't going to put the plug in. Since we're sitting here talking about Rhino Power... You can actually go to Rhino Power's website and put in Sandstone15. Mm-hmm. That's a discount code for anybody out there listening to this. Go to the website, Sandstone15, give you 15% off all Rhino Power products. Uh, seriously, go check them out if you want to try them. Even if you want to, uh, they're super cool people over there. Like, really cool. They take care of athletes. They just want they just want to talk to you, and uh, they're just stoked on you. And, and every, um, Everything's American-made, too. Yeah, tell them it's your first time. Tell them uh, you heard about it from us. Tell them that you're, uh, you're just wanting to try it, and uh, I guarantee you they'll be down to hook you up with a little extra samples or something because they're, uh, they're good people. Yep. One of our favorite sponsors. I have a good time every time I talk to them on the phone or email them or something. It's just always a good experience. And... Uh, Ryan Hughes is the creator of these supplements, and he's a, anybody knows Ryan Hughes is just a rad dude. That's awesome. What an old motocrosser. Cool. Thanks for sharing, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, if anyone's got questions, comments, concerns, where can they reach us? Anywhere. Sandstone Cycles all across social media. Um, they can email us at sandstonecycles at gmail.com. And, yeah, that's about it, man. That's... Uh, Please, yeah, please ask us questions. We'd love to answer them. 
And uh, I don't think we have anything else. Yeah, Towns, you got anything? Oh, I just hope everyone has a good uh, holidays. We got uh, Christmas coming up around the corner. I think it's two weeks out. Um, Happy holidays. And uh, everyone stay safe. It's getting uh, cold out. We got the wet road or snowy. Icy roads coming around the corner. Still not in New Mexico or Colorado. I don't know what's going on, bro. But it's going to happen, guys, so yeah, watch out. It's coming. Yeah. I hope so. It's been crazy. I'm kind of wanting some snow, man. Yeah, it's good for the country. We need it. Um, but if there's not anything, man, guys, we'll talk to you in 2018. Uh, we'll have an exciting episode for the new year. So, all right, guys. We'll see you later. Awesome. Thanks. It's a wrap.